More shoreline. More shoreline than the whole coast of California. Excuse me. This place right here has more shoreline than the whole coast of California. Everybody, we're back for episode five of the Ozark Talks here with Lance and Taylor. Hey guys. Hey G. Hey Lance. Hey guys. And uh, episode five is called The Ruling Days. And uh, after the first, well, I've watched it many, many times, but after the first uh, careful watch through taking these notes, I didn't think much of the episode. I thought, uh, and Taylor and I both had had discussed that it was like a setup episode for some of the rest of the stuff that was going on. And now looking back over the notes, I realized in the episode's called The Ruling Days. And in the show that's explained that that is the, those are the days, it's the 4th of July weekend, basically. And that the way that weekend goes is gonna determine how the rest of your year goes. And I think what we're getting here is a huge foreshadowing and a setup of, of not only the rest of the season, uh, but the rest of the show itself. And I, and you know, that's going to stand to uh, be discovered when the future seasons come out. But I think this is an episode we can go back to and trace a lot of things back to. But we're screwed for the fourth if this doesn't let up, right? Old timers like my grandma, she used to call these big summer holidays ruling days, as in these are the days how we rule, how we live the rest of the year. But so the elements in this episode we have that I think relate to the ruling days are there's a huge storm brewing right ahead of time, and it looks like nobody's going to make any money. We meet uh, in more depth. We meet uh, Jacob and Darlene Snell and their whole operation, so we know they're going to be a part of things. We see Ruth coming up. We see Rachel starting to figure out what's going on at the Blue Cat. And we see Charlotte and Jonah, uh, Marty and Wendy's kids, also starting to discover themselves uh, in new ways, how the future is going to be, okay? And then uh, we see Wendy also coming up. Uh, and we see some foretelling of her future success. And then, of course, Marty uh, and his way of operating evolves a little bit here, too. So the opening scene, uh, we have the preacher, Mason, shot in the convenience store. And then we cut to him floating in the lake, remembering the scene. And Ash, who's uh, the henchman of the Snells, shows up to help with the boat. So the very next scene, we see Wendy out on the kayak, and she comes back home and finds uh, Bobby Dean's body floating there at the dock. If you remember from episode four uh, of the talks here, we found uh, or we found the Snells killing, uh, particularly Darlene Snell killing Bobby Dean. So now they've dropped him at the uh, at the Bird's dock. How exactly do you know that's Bobby Dean? Because I've sat with him. Pretty sure that's Bobby Dean. But what distinguishing feature are you seeing here? Please don't argue with what? me. What? What? His eyes? Dude, no, how about his shirt? How about fish? his fucking blue knockoff Gucci shirt? Somebody left him here on purpose. We have to call the cops. 
No, we're not doing that. Forget it. There is a body at our dock. Yeah, it's the dead body of the man whose business I just took over. Think about it. Okay. Why don't we just go inside? We could just pretend we didn't see it and we... Please stop poking. No, we push him. Wendy, go. Yeah. Nice work. Waving your big fluorescent aura around, attracting a bunch of attention. Yeah, you could tell there Marty realizes there's forces greater than Bobby Dean in the Ozarks. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that they, they aren't responding improperly uh, to the dead body at their dock. The thing is that they are not average people. So <laughs> the way they're responding is to the, they're not responding to the heaviness of a single dead body. They're responding to what it's representing, which is a lot heavier than just that single body floating there. So that's why I think we see Marty and Wendy completely calm handling that thing. Because what they're actually dealing with is much larger. Yeah, they have death living in their basement. This episode really put into perspective how overwhelming this experience must be on the kids. That, uh, I mean, as a kid, and there's a dead body outside your dock, what the fuck? Right, and later we see how it hits um, Charlotte yeah. and uh, Jonah. Yeah. So we get the cops down there, and then the next scene, we see Jacob Snell stops Marty on the road. Now, I, I love this scene. Why I didn't introduce myself? Jacob's now. Hi there, Martin Bird. I've come to understand that you're the new owner of Lipsy Splits. Oh, yeah? Congratulations. Thank you. Not sure if you're aware, but previous owner and I, we had a business arrangement. Benefited us both greatly. The folk that thrive around here make a point of easing their neighbor's burden. Is that right? I figured you'd want to continue with this local tradition. How he's just standing there in the road in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way, uh, the way Marty talks to him, you know, I don't think my employer would like that. And just leaves it at, he said, well, you haven't heard my terms. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looks at him like, no, no. And then Snell says, well, Business is business. Right. And then Marty uh, heads on out. But I like the way that Marty handled that. And then just, uh, Jacob just stands there on the road, just unmoving, watching him drive away. We yeah. don't know how he got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a demonic force. Uh, I appreciate him so much more watching yeah, come the to second time through. That. Yeah. Yeah, definitely come to really like him. The, the first time watching through, I questioned the power of the Snells, and this time I don't at all. This it's very believable. Yeah, and we see how how organized and, and tight their operation is. Yeah. So then we cut to a little bit about Charlotte. We have the Zach guy showing up, and this is an important scene because he's buying beers. So they could have shown him having beers, and we could have assumed he's seventeen. You know. Uh, young guy, but he's obviously over 21 and Charlotte is 15. So we can keep that in mind. And uh, he's Charlotte says Charlotte at this point is still in denial and says that she's only there for the summer. And they, she, she gets the invite to party Cove. So we'll pick up on that a little later. Then we get to the strip club 
<laughs> and Ruth and Marty have a great exchange. Uh, Marty's like, why is everyone looking at me so weird? And she's like, they think you killed him. <laughs> so I didn't kill anyone. And she's like, obviously. <laughs> they just saw Bobby Dean's head floating in the water, just bobbing all up. Mm -hmm. Well, what'd you tell me? I told them Bobby Dean didn't have a nice body anyway. Man tits. Okay, well, obviously I didn't kill anyone. I know if you're a killer, then I'm fucking Snow White, and I don't see any dwarfs around. Right. So listen, Ruth, um, I need you to um, take care of things around here for a little while. So we do get the established that Marty's not seen as a violent force. By the people who know him. By the people who know Somehow, him. at least. Right. She's saying, uh, yeah, the guy at the liquor store told me, the cashier. <laughs> The waitress. Place, yeah, the waitress with the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then what we see there is Marty gives uh, Ruth the strip club to run for the ruling days for the 4th of July weekend. So we see that Ruth is going to be coming up probably throughout the entire uh, series, if not just this season. So that's an important little bit for the ruling days. Next scene, we get Jonah coming out and asking Buddy, uh, is, is the lake a dangerous place? Or no, he doesn't go and find him. That's right. Buddy finds Jonah in his basement looking at his guns. And he says, is the lake a dangerous place? Buddy explains some things. And he's, right when he says, my parents don't really like guns, uh, <laughs> the next scene we see Buddy taking him out shooting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Death is just going to show uh, Jonah the truth. Mm -hmm. and then uh, Buddy's making a play for information uh, and says everyone who's moved out here is running from something and Jonah, I thought this was great uh, Jonah immediately says, what were you running from? <laughs> you moved out here, right? <laughs> yeah Yeah, and he doesn't share what he ran from and that's the first time he keeps it to himself Right, and he keeps it to himself again later too we'll revisit yeah. that in the next episode Next scene, we cut to a cute little scene with Tuck explaining a, a baseball anomaly <laughs> and uh, with Wyatt. And Wyatt's like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? Mm -hmm. So we, well, I think we're getting a, a, a foreshadowing of Tuck being aware of shit mm -hmm. on a deeper level than anyone's going to guess. Right, there could be. There's no other reason to throw him in that scene unless they're setting us up for something later. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to be there. And the way it's established is that he's going to have some info mm -hmm. and he's going to be, and no one's going to guess that he does. Mm -hmm. uh, there we see Charlotte apologizing to Wyatt and he apologizes back. So we see a connection being made again. I see ruling days foreshadowing here um, about those two. Yeah. They have a bond. And Charlotte doesn't really want to connect with Wyatt because it would mean that she's a local. Yeah. Then we cut down to Marty and Ruth, and Marty's asking Ruth if anyone would kill Bobby Dean and then pin it on somebody. So he's trying to figure out, like, what the fuck's happening here? And then he asks Ruth about the Snells. Or did he ask Ruth, or was that Rachel? I'm thinking of Rachel. I think it was Rachel. And either one, uh, they send, uh, They live there forever. They've lived in the Ozarks forever. They're a power company. 
pushed them off their land, flooded the, the river for the lake, and uh, sent them up into the hills, which becomes important a little later. Uh, at this point, Darlene sends Ash to spy on the birds. You see the thug in the woods heading down. And we see the storm. Uh, this is with Jacob and Darlene up in their up on their land, and the storm's happening right before the sunset there. And at that point, they say, oh, I guess we won't need to water the crop. And the camera pans out to a vast, vast field of poppies. So now we get to see what the smells are up to. Yeah, it's massive, kind of reminiscent of that scene in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah? Yeah, think of that every time. Yeah, <laughs> huge poppy field. So next, Wendy gets home, and Marty is sitting there with Josh Silverberg. I absolutely loved how Marty is carrying himself through this. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm here with uh, Josh Silverberg. I guess you knew his father? talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just bails. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Nothing. Nothing. And then Josh is saying, there's no way Gary killed himself. So again, we're on the ruling days, so we know that Josh is going to be a part of things later on down the road. Uh, Wendy makes an interesting play here. She makes the play that Gary uh, Sugarwood, <laughs> that he killed himself because she left and that he was so in love with her, which is about mm -hmm. the only play she can make. Mm -hmm. uh, he asks if she loves him. What's interesting about that is we don't get to see her answer. So something's weird there. Yeah, she shares it with Marty afterwards, but you don't see her. That, that might just be a, a choice of editing. Right. But uh, she does, she, I, I got the impression she was telling Marty the truth when she says she did. Yeah. And that she's thought it through. But uh, at one point, yeah, we see when she's explaining later to Mason and Grace, to the preacher, we see her kind of explain herself about the affair. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that a little later. Uh, so the next one, uh, Marty, the blue cat, it's either Ruth and Marty or uh, Rachel and Marty. And they're talking about how they might be screwed for the 4th of July if it keeps raining. So we see Marty get a little worried here. And the ruling days are explained. Uh, this is Rachel. Rachel explains to him the ruling days. And then he shows up. We see Ruth. Uh, Marty doesn't show up yet, but we see Ruth has new dancers, uh, new and the old women come in and are like, who the hell is on the pole? <laughs> and Ruth immediately confronts the woman, takes charge, dominates the situation, and gets everybody working, which is, again, uh, uh, reminiscent of the ruling days theme we have running here. Yeah, it's like this episode, it uh, created a deeper foundation. It filled in a lot of the, the plot so that... Uh, we're halfway through the series so that the, the next series events can take place with some, with more foundation underneath. Of it. Right. And I think it's setting up a, a larger foundation for the rest of the entire show. Mm -hmm. Just the, the season one, even but for future seasons, we're going to see these characters are going to be rooted in what happens in this episode. Mm -hmm. Then we see Marty talking with, um, uh, excuse Marty talking with Wendy and it's a great scene too like what did you tell him what what you know what did, 
what did you say? What went on? And uh, did you put him off? You know, and, and he's, she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I don't know. That means you didn't. <laughs> and then we get the confrontation. Did, uh, he asked if I loved him. And what did you say? She said that I didn't. He's like, were you being honest? She said, yes. She didn't seem, she seemed to be telling the truth there and pretty broken by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but who knows? We'll find out more about that, I think, in season two. Next scene, we see Russ and Petty. Russ finds Petty jogging and uh, offers more fishing. Just a simple scene setting up their connection. Yeah, there was a, before uh, Ruth punched that girl's face and the girl said to her, um, we all know who your daddy is. And that's what right. sets, Ruth, sets Ruth off. Right. So we see that there's some problem going on or some heaviness with her dad that's been haunting the whole situation. Seems like he's a big time criminal murderer type in the Ozarks, mm -hmm. but he's in prison. I expect him to get out at some point too. Yeah. yeah that'd be a nice touch. So next scene, we got Marty at the sheriff uh, bringing in the bill of sale for the strip club because of course they're curious uh, that he thinking he killed Bobby Dean to get the strip club. Yeah. Now we see how wise it was of Marty to not just steal the club from Bobby Dean, even though he could have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he sees the bill of sale, gives it back to him. Uh, the sheriff tries to say, whatever you guys are up to, you need to stop it. And they're like, we're not up to anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, earlier in the episode, um, when the cop shows up at the dock, mm -hmm. there's foreshadowing there. The, the cop is giving them warning about throwing their weight around in the Ozarks and what really goes on there. Right, and then uh, then when they, they are at the sheriff's office, the sheriff says, we're calling it an overdose. He doesn't mm -hmm. say it was an overdose. Mm -hmm. Wendy says, was it an overdose? Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, listen, it's better for all of us if we can call this an overdose. And then Wendy pokes at him a little, like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So they all drop it. Marty's happy to drop it. <laughs> Next scene, we get the Petty and Russ. Uh, we get the FBI guy with Russ out catching tons of fish. Petty kisses Russ and then gets punched in the face a bunch and thrown out of the truck. Next scene we get is... Uh, Mason and Grace, Marty and Wendy come up with the church idea. Well, it's actually um, Wendy. She's um, she's trying to come up with a solution on what they can do while sitting in the church that they're going to renovate. Right in the abandoned in the uh, half built. Yeah, it's right underneath her feet. Right, and they're thinking like, "What the fuck should we do?" Oh, this is it. Yeah. So they come up with the church idea. Next point, we get Buddy telling Charlotte to avoid danger in the lake, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is before she has her fall here. Mm -hmm. And she stands up to him, which I thought was good, too, and just jumps right off the dock and leaves him there. Yeah, she's definitely her mother's daughter. <laughs> she's great. I like, yeah, the way her and, and Wendy both handle Buddy is mm -hmm. great and very similar. Next one, uh, when Marty and Wendy go to talk to the Mason and, uh, and Grace, I thought it was just hilarious because Marty's trying to play this full religious angle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
him. Like, what do you hear? And he's like, well, belief. <laughs> <laughs> you see it on his face, just so hilarious. And Wendy's like, no, nah, this ain't going to fucking work, dude. They know we own the strip club. <laughs> so Wendy starts going against Marty's story right away, but brings it to a family level which I thought was really good. She tells a story about her dad's church in North Carolina. And this is where Wendy uh, gets to explain to Marty something about cheating. And she's, it's when Grace asks her, What made you stop attending? Why did you stop going? She's like, I don't know. And she said, sometimes I think people just act. They just take actions and then later come up with explanations to justify. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that people actually need a reason to do the things they do. I mean, sometimes people just act. I mean, then they come up with an explanation later when they're looking back. I mean, what? So I think that's her kind of explaining a little bit to Marty. She didn't yeah. know any more than anybody else did why she was doing that. And that also happened to be the perfect thing for Mason to hear. He related that immediately right back to his experience in the convenience store where he was shot which he took as kind of a, an act of God working through him. You know, he, he didn't know why he did that. Yeah, no idea. But then he said, you just had the need to help people. And then they're able to say, yeah, exactly, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice scene, though. You see it all come together. Next, we get Charlotte out swimming. Uh, so we see her out on her own going past the buoy where Buddy said for her to, to avoid. And we see Jonah off hiding the rifle he stole from Buddy out in the woods. Either he stole it or he was given it. We, uh -huh. At this point, I always assumed he took it. But yeah, all they're showing is that there's one that's not in the, in the case anymore. And Buddy may have given it. Yeah. I felt like he gave it to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. Well, because Buddy would know the thing's gone instantly. Yeah. And he'd know who took it. So, so that's pretty cool uh, that he knows that they're in some shit and that Jonah might need that thing. <laughs> Petty, uh, now we see Petty tying flies in the hotel room and Russ shows up. This was actually a really nice scene. I, I thought it was great. The way Russ played it, the way that actor played it was, was excellent. And he's like, I'm not a fucking fag. <laughs> and then shoves him and starts attacking him and then kisses him. <laughs> Just nice, you know, and you see, I think we see at these points, this is when Petty is actually feeling okay. <laughs> well, he's falling in love with Russ, even though he's playing him completely. It's the only time that Petty seems to be not a complete jackass. Mm. And then, of course, he is, because mm -hmm. the depth of it is, is a complete jackassery. Next scene, the blue cat, packed full of people. Uh, Marty's excited and brings up the ruling days. So we see here some foreshadowing that Marty's gonna do well, I'd say. Next we see Wendy and Charlotte. Uh, Wendy's talking to her, very mom-like, about Charlotte going out with Wyatt. And at this point, Charlotte confronts her and says, oh, is my money laundering mother gonna tell me, give me a morality speech right now? <laughs> And Wendy looks over and sees herself in the mirror. Mm. I thought that was great because she just stops and is like, all right, have a good time out there. And then realizes what they're putting the kids through. Mm -hmm. 
but keep, she keeps it together. The next scene, we see the strip joint packed, new women, and Ruth gives Marty an $80,000 deposit. And Marty offers her $1,000 a week to run the club, which is more than anyone Ruth's age is getting paid in the Ozarks for any job. So we see that Ruth is going to come up as well. Yeah, and Ruth... Go ahead. Uh, Ruth is... She's happy to get Marty's approval. Right. She's, she's glowing inside. Yeah, and we see a genuine connection starting to develop there. Mm. Next, we see Wyatt uh, talking with Ruth, and he's explaining to her the book. I uh, finally got to see what the book was. It's Ray Bradbury, The Martian Chronicles. And he explains to her the book a little bit and says, you know, what's crazy about this is life on Mars isn't different. The people all bring their own problems with them. <laughs> so that was a nice thing, nice key scene there about Marty and the family. So whatever was going on up there is going to keep going on down here. Next, we got Ash going into the bird house and Jonah hears him. Jonah's in the garage fucking with his bike or something with the rifle. Jonah runs out and, well, there's a cut scene there. <clears throat> Cutscene is Ruth watching where Marty is stashing the cash. So she had it planned to give him the 80 grand and uh, to see where he's keeping it. So she's still running that angle at the same time as coming up and getting closer to him. Mm -hmm. Then we cut back. Jonah goes to the woods, gets the gun, and comes back to the house. Uh, he hides the gun in the garage. And well, before he hides the gun, he, he actually is going to basically go shoot Ash. And I think he would have been able to do it because Ash just had a knife at the top of the steps. Mm -hmm. Then Jonah hides the gun in the garage, which is also interesting, and gets picked up by Wendy. And Ash sees him leave. So Ash knows that somebody knew he was in there. Well, he's, he can suspect it. He might not know that he's in there. And I don't think Jonah actually saw him either. Next scene, uh, Russ and Petty. This is just Russ uh, setting up, or this is Petty setting up Russ to eventually try to get money from Marty. So they talk a little bit about the starting a, a business. Do you have anything else there? For that scene specifically? Yeah. Um, I don't have any notes on it, but um, yeah, Russ is there making handmade flies and uh, uh, Pet, Petty plays to his craftsmanship and uh, you know, says, wow, these are really good. You know, some, some people would pay five or six bucks for that. Some suckers would pay a lot more. And uh, he, he drops the little line about um, uh, rich people are always looking for new ways to spend their money or something like that, I think, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, it's a full setup from Petty, which is sad because I actually started to like Russ through mm -hmm. this. I actually started to like Russ and Boyd. Later on, Boyd becomes a, a pretty cool character too, yeah. surprisingly so. But, uh, but all the, the Langmores in, in the end are, are pretty interesting folks. So now we get to, there, there may be some transcendence that happens there, I think, especially for Ruth. Next thing we got is the 4th of July fireworks at the Blue Cats. It's kind of a success scene. We see that Ruth kind of has the hots from, or excuse me, um, Rachel, running Ruth. Rachel kind of has the hots for Marty. 
Then we cut to the Snells, and we see also more ruling days foreshadowing. He's uh, saying they're going to raise their heroin, they're going to increase the heroin production. And he brings up that their distribution uh, is going well on the water with the preacher. And then uh, at the very end, we see Ash showing up to help with the boat. So we see the very first scene again uh, with the preacher laying on the water, Ash showing up to help with the boat. And then Mason goes out and tells the congregation that they're going to have a church as a generous gift from Marty and Wendy Bird. <laughs> we see this look on Ash's face like he's about to explode. He knows he has to bring this to the Snells and that it's fucked. Mm -hmm. And the preacher doesn't know what's going down at his services. Not at all, no. no. So these are the ruling days. Yeah, uh, what else I got here? There's a great line from, I think it's Papa Snell, he says, uh, they, They've been trying to tame this place for 200 years when they couldn't. They thought they could flood us out. Men cannot tame that which God wishes to be wild. Oh, yeah. So we do have a transcendent character in Jacob. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think he and Marty are going to, they, they might end up protecting each other. But yeah, we see, uh, we see an interesting character there because he's always telling God's stories. And I'm not speaking to religion here, but in terms of a person knowing their role or their place in their life and, then, and going with it, letting the flow happen and not be determined by society or external forces, we see that in, in Jacob. He's relying on the, on the divine forces of, of nature to go forward in his life. Yeah, that was even the way the Snells got started growing poppies in the first place. Mm -hmm. was after they got forced they, up the mountain. Yeah, and they couldn't grow anything there but poppies. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how Marty and the Snells' relationship evolves beyond this season, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's it for the ruling days. We see a huge amount of foreshadowing for everything that's about to come, not only in this uh, first season, but in, I think, the rest of the series. So come back and check in on this one later if you want to see how and where these things get started. And again, we just see more Marty flowing through things and transcending along the way, as well as the family developing a lot more depth in their relation to what's going on. So we'll see you again on episode six, the book of Ruth. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and anything you noticed that we didn't, you can comment there at radicalondoing.com forward slash blog if you navigate down to the episodes, or go ahead and leave it in a review in iTunes. See you again soon. 